0: Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. All right, now last week we particularly looked at King Solomon and his downfall, uh, particularly from uh, 1 Kings chapter 11. And then uh, we noticed the key word in that passage, verse 1 right through to at least uh, verse 9. What was the key word we brought our attention to? Turn, okay. Let's uh, note that. So in verse 2, For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Then in verse 3, His wives turned away his heart. Then in verse 4, When Solomon was old, His wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. And then going down to verse 9, The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. All right. Now, I want you to pick up here in verse, um, let's see, verse verse 11. So 1 Kings verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 11. Wherefore the Lord said to Solomon, Forasmuch as this is done of thee, and that thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will render it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David my servant's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. All right, now we'll just touch a couple of high spots here. In, uh, In verse 14, 23, and 25, you'll notice the last few years of Solomon's reign... The, uh, the Lord begins to judge him. So uh, we'll just touch on just those verses. The Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon, hated the Edomite. He was of the king's seed in Edom. So adversary number one. Then in verse 23, God stirred him up another adversary, Rezon the son of Eliad, which fled from the, his lord Hadadiza, king of Zobah, and then in verse 25, And he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, beside the mischief that Hadad did, and he had abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. So the last few years of Solomon's life, very sad, because he turned away from the Lord, who had appeared to him twice, and after he'd seen the glory of the Lord. So we have nothing but trouble. Now, in uh, verse 26, we'll pick up here, And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, in Ephra, Eph, Ephrathite of Zerida, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zerua, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. Or the new king, James says, he also rebelled against the king. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon had built the Milo and uh, repaired the damages to the city of David, his father. The man, Jeroboam, was a mighty man of valor, and Solomon, seeing the young man, that he was industrious, and made him the ruler or the officer of all the uh, labor force of the house of Joseph. And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him in the way, and he had clad himself with a new garment, and they two were alone in the field. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take thee ten pieces, for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give thee ten, uh, ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because that they have forsaken me and have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in my eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments, How as did David his father. Howbeit I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince for all the days of his life, for David my servant's sake, whom I chose, because he kept my commandments and my statutes. And I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it unto thee, even ten tribes. And unto his son will I give one tribe, that David my servant may always have a light, uh, have a light all light way before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen me to put my name there. And I will take thee, and thou shalt reign according to all that thy soul desireth, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and shall be if, if you will hearken unto all that I command thee, and will walk in my ways, and do that which is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as David my father did, that I will be with thee, build thee a sure house, as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee. And I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam, And Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt under Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. All right, now, this is what we want to pick up tonight. We'll have a little bit more introductory material. After Solomon dies, as we've seen uh, before, over the United Kingdom, we have Saul, the first king of the tribe of Benjamin. Then we have David the first king of the the tribe of Judah, and then Solomon of the tribe of Judah, David's son, through Bathsheba. And these were the three kings that reigned 40 years each, 120 years over the United Kingdom. Now, once Solomon dies, uh, we'll pick up Rehoboam probably another time, but they come to Rehoboam, who's Solomon's son, and say uh, what we would say uh, to our prime minister, make our taxes lighter. And so what did Rehoboam do? He went to the old men and asked the old men, uh, what do they recommend? And they said, yes. Uh, in fact, uh, why don't we just turn to one verse on this, which we'll probably pick up another time, but uh, just to sort of get the lead in here. In, uh, um, yes, 1 Kings chapter 12. And this is always a challenging verse in my mind. So the people are coming to Rehoboam now, Solomon's son, and said, Hey, how about making our taxes lighter? And so, uh, so uh, Rehoboam spoke to the old man that stood before his father. And note verse 7, that's the verse I'm after here, verse 7 and 8. And they spake to him, that's Rehoboam, saying, "If And, and circle the word, if you do circle your Bible, the word servant or serve because this is the key to the thing, and uh, I use this sometimes in ministers' conferences. Uh, you know, they spake to him saying, If you will be a servant to this people, uh, unto this people this day, and will serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. So here he was king, but if the king had a, had an attitude of being a servant, and serving the people, and not making them serve him, how many of you know, you know, if you have a servant spirit, people are happy to serve you? Right? So he said, look, if you will, if you, will, will uh, uh, you know, serve them, if you will be a servant to the people, and not, you know, use the people, but serve the people and serve them and be a servant to them, then they will be servants forever. And uh, as I often say to leaders' conferences, if I touch on this first, they rule best as kings who have a, a shepherd's heart or a servant's heart. See, so, do we have a servant's heart? By love, serve one another. So, what's the uh, response in verse 8? He forsook the counsel of the old men, said, You old fuddy duddies, you've had your day, you don't know much about things, which they had given him. And he consulted with the young men that were grown up with him, his peers, which stood before him. And the young men said, Oh, you just make it real tough. If Solomon was tougher, you make it tougher. And so, what was the tragedy here? The tragedy was that the nation of Israel was divided. And has never been united since. So, through lack of wisdom and stupidity, lack of a servant's heart, and a king who, as we've been seeing in these studies together, received a kingdom but didn't have character to handle the kingdom, a nation is divided, brought about division, and has never been healed since. So, from now on, we have a divided kingdom, the house of Judah, consisting of two tribes plus the tribe of Levi. And their capital was Jerusalem. And then we have ten tribes, which was called the House of Israel, consisting of ten tribes. And first of all, they, they were at a place called Shechem. And then eventually in due time, Samaria became the capital of the 10 tribe house. And Jeroboam in due time after Solomon's death comes back. So now we have Rehoboam and Jeroboam, king over the house of Judah and king over Jeroboam. And I might just say this without getting too far into it. One of the biggest confusions come to a lot of preachers today is because they don't understand the distinction between the house of Israel and the house of Judah. They get all the prophets contradicting each other and see if you you know prophets aren't popular preaching today but the prophets seem to contradict themselves which they do if you don't understand that all of the prophets begin that they were either speaking to the house of Judah or they were speaking to the house of Israel. And both of these houses have different destinies to fulfill, and a, and, a, and a lot of preachers, let alone uh, Christians, don't realize that, and so the Bible, especially the prophets, become confusing. All right, so from now on, we have a divided king, and we have a bunch of kings here, which I gave you up the list uh, some weeks back. Uh, from Rehoboam onwards, of the tribe of Judah, the house of Judah, the lineage of David. And then we have changing dynasties or dynasties under Israel as there was assassinations and all sorts of things in this uh, here. Now, what we want to look at is this. From now on, as I said once before through the thought uh, over to you, every king is judged by two men. There becomes two standard men, as you've got in your notes, Everyone is either as David or as Jeroboam. So I want you to look with me at a few scriptures on that, just to confirm that, and then we'll look at uh, Jeroboam. What happened here, and uh, give you some answers for your sheet here. Okay. So let's uh, look at a few scriptures, and what I, what I want you to pick up here, as we've got on our uh, on our over or on your notes there, as David or as Jeroboam. We want to pick up that thought just a little bit. All right. 1 Kings chapter nine. Just. Uh, I'll give you some scriptures on as David and then some as Jeroboam, just to, just to show you the thought here. So as I said, even though David uh, bombed out on that uh, one occasion of adultery um, and repented before the Lord, uh, he still was a man after God's own heart. And every king of the 39 kings of Israel and Judah, every king is judged by whether he's as David or not or as Jeroboam. Okay, First Kings nine verse five. Just a few of the as's. Uh Then he says, First um, Kings nine five. Yes. Then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man uh, upon the throne of Israel. First Kings eleven four, which we've sort of uh, read last week. Um, the latter part. His heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Uh, Verse 6 of the same chapter. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Verse 33 of the same chapter. Verse 33 of the same chapter. um, The latter part of the verse, just because of time. To do that which is right in mine eyes, and to keep my statutes in my judgment, as did David his father. Uh, verse 38 of the same chapter, uh, the Lord talking to Jeroboam, I will be with thee, no, uh, the middle part, I better go, to keep my statutes and my judgment as David my servant did. So as David. Go to chapter 15, just for a couple of other references here. First Kings 15 and verse 3. And he walked in all the sins of his father which... He had done before him and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as the heart of David his father, as the heart of David his father. Go to verse 11, another king here. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. And just a couple of others, we won't turn to it. Second Chronicles 17 verse 3, 2 Chronicles 17 verse 3. Referring to Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat walked in the first way of his father and of David. And 2 Chronicles 34 verse 2, 2 Chronicles 34 verse 2. And this refers to Josiah. So Josiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David, his father. So uh, I've got a list of other kings, but Abijam and Asa, Joash, Ahaz, Jehoshaphat, Ahaz, Josiah, all of them, they all walked in the ways of David, their father. So David becomes a standard man because God, as God that said, David is the man after my own heart. So every king of Israel and Judah are judged by were they like David? Did they have a heart after, uh, after God? Now, let's go over to uh, 2 Kings and I'll just make a statement here about Jeroboam. And I'll give you this sort of sentence and just look at a few verses and we'll see what happened with Jeroboam. 21 times, at least 21 times, we have this expression who, uh, 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 um, yes, like, who did sin, this is referring to Jeroboam, the sins of Jer- Jeroboam, who did sin and made Israel a sin. 21 times. So Jeroboam, I'll just say that a little clearer. I'll try not to rush, it's terrible, isn't it? Jeroboam who did sin and made Israel to sin. That expression is used 21 times in Kings and or Chronicles. So Jeroboam who did sin and made Israel to sin. Let's go over to Second uh, Kings just for a few verses that illustrate this. So every king is judged by being as David or as Jeroboam. So 2 Kings 13. And we'll just pick a few verses which are pretty close here. Uh, 2 Kings 13 and verse 6. Nevertheless, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who made Israel sin, but walked therein, and there remained also the grove also in Samaria. So the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who made Israel sin. Go to... Uh, Verse 11 of the same chapter. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, but he walked therein. So sins of Jeroboam. Go to chapter 14. While it's so close, chapter 14 and verse 24. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. The sins of Jeroboam who had made Israel to sin. A couple of other references which are repetitious. It's like a little gramophone, broken record. The sins of Jeroboam, the sins of Jeroboam, the sins of Jeroboam, the sins of Jeroboam. Okay, 2 Kings 15 and verse 9. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. And then while we're in the same chapter, go down to verse uh, 18, another king. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. How many think that there's something there? So, 21 times at least, we have that expression about Jeroboam, and they walked in the sins of Jeroboam who made Israel to sin. All right, so we want to look at what happened to this guy Jeroboam, a man who received the kingdom and had charisma without character and couldn't handle the kingdom. So that's what we want to look at tonight. All right, now you've got your sheet that I've given to you there, so let's uh, uh, put in some of the fill-ins. The time always seems to move so quickly. And uh, we just, because always of time, we just have sort of an outline here. Okay, let's go through just some of the... uh, Brief things up here, all right. Number one, the king we're looking at tonight is Jeroboam. And as I said, 39 kings of Israel and Judah, and every one of them are judged by either they were as David or as Jeroboam. Every bad king was like to Jeroboam. So character really bad. The interpretation of his name on your sheet there is the people will contend. And uh, he was true to his name, Contention there. The nation of Israel split into two kingdoms, house of Judah, house of Israel. So uh, people will contend. All right, number three for your question there. He was the first king of Israel. And by Israel here, we mean the ten-tribe house. Israel doesn't mean the twelve tribes. You have to check out the context. Here, the house of Israel, ten tribes. And as I gave you before, the capital eventually became capital of Samaria. All right, number five, your question number five, he reigned 22 years. Number six, I can't find anywhere what his age was. It may be there, but I I can't seem to pick it up. All right, your number seven, fill in there. His ancestral background, his father was Nebat, an Ephathite, or an Ephamite, really, of Zareda, Zareda. And then his mother, was Zerua, who was a widow woman. All right, so that's all we have on his ancestral background. All right, now let's go to some of the positive things, and we haven't read all the scripture on this, but uh, let's go to some of the positive things that we, uh, we see here about this man first. All right, number one on the positive side, we'll look at that first. He was the servant of Solomon, and if he had have had any sense, He should have learned something under Solomon. As I've said before, you know, and we've seen, Solomon was one of the wisest men on the face of the earth. And at least uh, being the servant of Solomon for so many years, he could have learned some wisdom. And I think some of you have heard me say this before. I remember I was in a situation many, many years ago under a, a particular minister who hopefully is in heaven now. And I remember I was sitting there for about three and a half years doing nothing, And uh, I was a bad boy for reasons uh, best known to myself at the moment. And I just said to the Lord, I'm not learning anything, Lord. I'm just wasting time. I'm not learning anything. I'm not learning anything. And I just felt the Holy Spirit impress me and say, you know, Kevin, you won't learn what to do, but you'll learn what not to do. And if you learn what not to do, you've learned. How many have heard me say that before? Okay, so under that ministry, I learned what not to do. Because when he had the pulpit there and he could just shrapnel and machine gun a captive audience that couldn't answer back, I just used to pray, Lord, help me not to do that when you trust me with whatever. And I think God has been gracious to me and helped me not to do that. Uh, You do get shrapnel now, don't you? I don't think it hurts you too much, does it? (laughs) So I learned what not to do under there and uh, I learned. And I said, Lord, help me not to do that. In the Bible Temple under Dick Iverson, a man I honor very much, I learned what to do. So you learn what not to do, see. So he was a man who could have learned what not to do, and yet he could have learned a lot of wisdom. All right. Number two in the scripture that we read there at the beginning there, it says he was a very industrious man. He was a hard worker, the margin says. He worked hard. He was an industrious man, and today we're living in a lazy generation. Like one guy said to many years ago, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, I want to, I want to be a retired missionary. <laughs> and I asked another guy, what do you want to do? He said, I want to have enough faith to do nothing. Brilliant. But we're a lazy generation. You can say amen or oh me. But it was a good quality. Number three, he was a ruler and made officer over the the charge of Joseph, which was another name for Israel. Number four, he was a charismatic leader. He had personality. He rallied the 10 tribes uh, over him. And also, number five, he had a good prophetic word. So you'll notice the emphasis that here Ahijah, the prophet, is out in the field there and as Jeroboam, Things are getting tough with Solomon in his old age and that. And so the prophet comes along, and it was a pretty demonstrative prophecy, this. I mean, you imagine, Ahijah uh, the prophet comes along, and he takes a new garment, and he tears this new garment, and he must have had the Spirit of God to do it, or oh, else it was a junky new garment from... coal oh, no, no. From... <laughs> we won't say where. From somewhere. Uh, but, you know, a new garment is pretty tough to tear. But he tore it in twelve pieces... And he said to Jeroboam, okay, this is the word of the Lord to you. I want you to take 10 pieces because I'm going to rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon. I'm not going to do it while he's alive. I'll be out of the hand of his son. And I want you to take 10 pieces. And these 10 pieces of this new garment represent 10, uh, 10 tribes that you're going to get. But I'm going to keep two for his son uh, Rehoboam. So now the prophecy here is, we'll pick up on the lesson, yes, hopefully here. Uh, let, let's go back to 1 Kings King again because uh, here was a prophetic word that's come to this uh, Jeroboam and it was a pretty powerful prophetic word. A prophetic word, not pathetic word, pra- pra- prophetic, yes. Uh, and 1 uh, Kings chapter 11, yes, 1 Kings 11 verse 30, 38. Here's the prophecy. So he says, okay, you're going to get 10 tribes And the Lord says in verse 38, and it shall be, and I circled the word if, because all prophecies are conditional. And this is just a good thing to remember even about the laying of hands and prophecy in Presbytery. Here was a conditional prophecy and it was a pretty demonstrative thing. you got a new garment and ten pieces of the garment, so you're going to reign over ten tribes. And he says it shall be if you will hearken unto all that I command thee. So obedience And if you will walk in my ways and do that which is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments, and we're going to see what he violated, as David my servant did then, that or then. So if and then, whenever you see an if and a then there, it's a conditional promise. So he has a tremendous prophecy, tremendous promise, and he says, then I will be with thee and I will build you a sure house as I built for David and I will give Israel unto thee. And I'm going to afflict the seed of day, but not forever. So here's a man, he flees down to Egypt from Solomon, but he's got this tremendous prophetic word. What's he going to do about it? All right, now, let's go on before we go into the next part of your fill-in here. I want you to go over to chapter, uh, chapter 12. Now, I've just ver- verbalized a little bit about Rehoboam. He's got no servant spirit. He's going to make their taxes lighter. And he says, uh, look, if my father chastised you with whips, I'm going to chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam with the people came the third day. And uh, this is what Rehoboam said. So what happened? The nation is split, as we said. So in verse 19 of 1 Kings 12, So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. Now, I want you to listen to what happens here. Uh, It came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam was come again, that they sent and called him unto the congregation and made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. And you'll notice here, just because of time, I'd like to finish this because there's so much material. So Rehoboam come to uh, to Jerusalem, all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin, Uh, they came to fight against the house of Israel to try and bring about unity. And as you check this scripture, verse 22, the word of God came unto Shemaniah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the remnant of the people, and say, Thus saith the Lord, you will not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing is for me. I want you to notice what's said here and the implications. Uh, the prophet comes along and says, okay, as, as Rehoboam is going to fight against Jeroboam to say, listen, we've, we've split the nation. We've been a united kingdom for all these years. We've had a united kingdom under Saul, David, and Solomon. Now we experience the greatest division. And God says, this division is of me. When you go to Chronicles, he puts it that way. This thing is for me. This division is of me. Now, as you look over church history, there's certain things that God has permitted on division. Okay? Because God had a purpose he was going to work out before he would bring real unity in the hands of the Son of Man with the two sticks there that some of you may know something about. All right, so now what happens? Jeroboam, go, let's continue on here and then I'll let you fill in. In verse 25... Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If these people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord and even unto Rehoboam king of Judah, and they will kill me and go again to Rehoboam king of Judah." Okay, what does that show internally about the man's heart? Can anybody give me two words that describe this? Fear and insecurity. Internal insecurity. And I find uh, a lot of ministers today are internally insecure. They are threatened by anybody. So here's the beginning of downfall. Now, he's had this prophetic word. God will build him a sure house if he would just follow in the ways of the Lord and walk in the way as his father David did. But now there's fear, there's internal security, and you know, for all of us, and these are practical lessons we get out of it. We all do lots of funny things if we have internal insecurity here, because is our security in the Lord, or is it in our ministry, or our prophecy? What we you know, where's our security? How many you know it's got to be in the Lord? Huh? It's got to be in the Lord. All right, so let's go, let's go on and then we'll uh, read these verses and then I'll give you a fill in for the overhead. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. Oh, who does that remind you of? And he said unto them, it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel... And the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin. For the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. And he made a house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. And Jeroboam ordained a feast he had made in Bethel the 15th day of the 8th eighth, eighth month, even in the month which he devised of his own heart and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel and he burned offered upon the altar and burned incense. All right, let's summarize some of the things where we're going bad now. So it didn't last long. These are some of the things that happen now. All right, number one, internal insecurity. Internal insecurity, as I said before, all of us must have security in the Lord, not in our ministry Not in a building, not in our job or anything like that. Our security must be in the Lord. Internal security in the Lord. If we are internally insecure, lots of things. And as I've studied the kings over the years, King Saul, because he was internally secure, I mean, he got into jealousy, hatred, envy, throwing javelins at David, mad with everybody, you know, slaughtering the priest of the Lord, all comes out of a root problem here. See, a lot of surface problems we deal with. So, okay, these are the surface problems. Let's get to the root problem. So here's root problem. Right? next thing, number two here, fearful. What's he fearful of? Oh, the people are going to leave me and they'll go back to Jer- Rehoboam and they'll go back to Jerusalem and I'm going to lose the kingdom. I'll lose power. Well, you'd already have the prophetic word. You'll have 10 tribes. I just want you to walk in my ways. But now there's fear. And what we do when we get fearful and opposite to fear is faith. Okay. All right. Now, you'll notice what he does. He sets up a whole counterfeit religion here. Now, remember, every king followed, uh, who didn't follow after David, they followed in the ways of Jeroboam. So we're seeing what Jer- Jeroboam did. All right. I'll pull all this down and then talk as you write the answers down. He sets up false gods, the golden calf. Calves. Who else did that? Aaron. So Aaron sets up a golden calf system of idolatry, has the first rock festival where they dance themselves naked beside the beating of the drums and everything like that. So he does it. Golden calf. He said, these be your gods. What's the first commandment he's breaking? And what's the second commandment? okay violate thou should have no other gods before me and don't make any grave ima- image of any things in earth or heaven anything like that idolatry so alright so false god and the tragedy is where did he set them and th- this first part is frightening he set the one up in Bethel now what, what does Bethel mean house of God and, uh, and what's the significance of Bethel in scripture Bethel was a place of divine visitation. I'd like you to take this statement down. Uh, later on, the prophet Amos, who under Zeroboam II, see, the Lord says, don't seek Bethel, seek me. All right, now here's the statement I want you to take. Places of divine visitation eventually become places of idolatry. So Bethel... That, become, uh, that was a place of divine visitation where God had visited Jacob and said, I'm the God of Bethel, he sets up an idol in the house of God. And this is church history. Every, every visitation of God ends up a place of idolatry. We, we worship the place and miss the person. When we do that, that's idolatry. So places of divine visitation often become places of idolatry. So he sets "Golden calf, right in Bethel, the house of God, right in Dan." And let me just throw this one in quickly. We've only got a few more minutes. You might, those of you who are a bit more studious, you might wonder why the tribe of Dan is missing from the 144,000 in the book of Revelation. while well, the scripture says, way back in, in the law, the Pentateuch, that any tribe who set up idolatry, God would blot their name out. And if you remember the prophecy of Jacob, which I'd like to turn to, but we haven't got time, the prophecy as Jacob prophesied over his sons, he prophesied over Dan, and he said, Dan shall be a serpent by the way that would bite the horse's heels and cause the rider to fall backward. Now you think of that, so Dan the serpent by the way, following the serpent in the household of faith, biting the horse's heels, bruise the head, bruise the heel, there's that thing, causing the rider to fall backwards, falling backwards, backsliding, apostasy. And Dan was the first tribe to set up idolatry in the book of Judges. So now we see something here. So here's the golden calf. All right, next thing here. He set up a whole false worship system here. The altar and everything like that. He says, oh, you don't need to go up to Jerusalem. We'll have a whole little thing here. Number, uh, number four, number five, he, he sets up a false priesthood. So he ordained priests who were the lowest of the people, not of the tribe of Levi. So we have counterfeit God, counterfeit altar, counterfeit worship, a counterfeit priesthood. sins of Jeroboam. And then we have a counterfeit feast. If you know anything about the feast, the Feast of Tabernacles was held in the seventh month. We have Feast of Passover first month, Feast of Pentecost third month, Feast of Tabernacles seventh month. So he says, okay, you guys, what we can work is you can still go up to Jerusalem and keep the Feast of Tabernacles up there, but we'll want to have one in the eighth month too. So uh, you really don't need to go up there. We have a feast like, so counterfeit feast, in the month which he devised in his own heart. And if you know anything about the feast, in the Feast of Tabernacles, they were supposed to go to the house of the Lord, temple of God. The priest was supposed to go within the veil on the great day of atonement, sprinkle of the blood, all that thing. So there's a whole counterfeit thing here. And then a counterfeit feast, of course. And then number seven, he usurped authority because as we go into the next chapter, we find that he's ministering at the altar and burning incense... And what's he trying to do? He's trying to combine the office of king and priest after the order of Melchizedek. And see, as you go through this, God never let anybody unite the offices of king and priest together, except Moses, David, and Jesus. When God let the nation divide, he gave the kingship to the house of Judah, tribe of Judah, and he gave the priesthood to the tribe of Levi. And any king, and there were several of them tried to do this, who tried to unite and become king-priest and, and bring in a, a counterfeit order of Melchizedek, God zapped him. So here's a guy usurping by trying to be a king-priest, the sin of presumption, and what happens? Okay, our time's almost up. Let's go down here for you fill in. All right, laws of the Lord violate, that's all he needed to do. His relationship, because the first four commandments of the Lord, first four commandments of the ten, are man's relationship with the Lord. The last six commandments of the ten are man's relationship with man. So the bottom line here is his relationship with God is zonk, nothing. So the first commandment, you will have no other gods before me. He violates the first commandment. You're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He violates that. These are your gods, O Israel. You don't go up to Jerusalem. We can have the whole thing here. Counterfeit. Syncretistic. And then number two, don't make any graven images or anything like God violation of the second commandment. So he violated the first two most important commandments. All right, now, spiritual and practical lessons for us in the believer's life. The lesson is that we can start off well, we can have promises of God, prophetic words, but all promises of God and all prophetic words are conditional. As we said at Presbytime, time, we can't exalt a word above the word. Many people worried about a word, which is okay, but are you obeying the word? That's got to come first. So the word is above a word. And then fear. Unbelief, insecurity can lead to presumption. Remember the psalmist David said, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins and hold me back from the great transgression and save me from secret faults. Let's turn to that scripture as you write and we'll finish here, our time's up. Turn to Psalm 19. I want you to listen to the language here. Psalm 19 as we finish. Yes, uh, verse 12. So, um, yes, Psalm 19, verse 12. He's just said how great the law of the Lord is. Law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, and so forth. And he says, uh, Moreover, by them is thy servant worn, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Then in verse 12, you'll notice the words that uh, David uses here. And I th- they have a shade, shades of meaning Who can understand his errors? First word. Cleanse thou me from secret faults? Second word. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins? Third word. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from, the fourth word here, the great transgression. Uh, There's shades of meaning there that are very interesting. Errors, secret faults, presumptuous sins, the great transgression, which uh, ultimately there would be the unpardonable sin. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer. So we have some very practical lessons here that fear, unbelief, internal insecurity can lead to presumption and presumption led to idolatry and in this case eventually Apost- apostasy so we can understand why the lord says as jeroboam as jeroboam as jeroboam because of all that was uh, established here in the beginning of his reign all right our time is up let's uh just bear in prayer father we just uh pray that you'll help us to allow the seed of the word to fall upon good ground of our hearts we pray lord that uh the practical lessons that our faith will be in you, our security will be in you. And Lord, that uh, we will beware of idolatry, presumptuous sins, Father. Pray with the prayer, Lord, that you keep us from errors and from secret faults, from presumptuous sins, the great transgression. Help us to love you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. Bless your word to our hearts. And Lord, just as sin will keep us from this book, may this book keep us from sin. We ask in Jesus' precious name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. For more in-depth teaching on Israel's kings, be sure to see Kevin Connor's book, Kings of the Kingdom, available from word.com.au, from amazon.com, and also in PDF format on Kevin's website, kevinconnor.org.